Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we explore the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. Since our last episode, where we spoke in some depth uh, as outsiders looking in about the impact of ESCOM on the economy and the nation, ESCOM's new board has been appointed as part of government's plan to turn the entity around. That's why today on the Politics Weekly, we're talking to veteran business leader Mpomakwane, who is uh, ESCOM's new chairperson, to get his perspectives on ESCOM and our power crisis in general. When people saw and I quote, in two years' time, ESCOM's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Chaperson. Order, Chaperson. Point of order, ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The AFP president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Welcome to the Politics Weekly, Dati Makwan. Thank you very much. Now, th- this will be your second stint uh, at ESCOM uh, in the capacity of chair. Uh, why have you decided to return to ESCOM, given its many problems and, and bad reputation? I'm of the view that uh, from time to time, as citizens, we get called upon by those who lead our country to, to be of service. Uh, to the country, uh, to contribute to the country. Um, And it made sense to me, given that my commitments uh, did not pose any sense of conflict with the call to serve. Um, And that, as you say, it's actually an entity that is well known to me. Um, It made sense for me to engage in the conversation when I was approached. Mm, mm. And and the the when we look at at ESCOM, uh, there has been a lot of of conversation about whether it should continue in its dominant role, you know, as a virtual monopoly, um, when it clearly you know has been battling uh, to to provide this the, the, a very critical service to the economy and 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 the country. What what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are we should have an objective discussion about uh, this point. Firstly, in the sense that every major economy in the world um, has looked at how it can create a separation between the three entities of generation, transmission and distribution. Um, So the model itself that we have in South Africa is fairly outdated. And we need to look at it uh, practically and, and, and balance what serves our country relative to where the rest of the world is at. So that's the first part. The second part that we should constantly be mindful of is the fact that if we look at ourselves as a country relative to our neighbors, we are uh, more than 40,000 megawatts uh, capacity in terms of our installed capacity. The neighbors, none of our neighbors come anywhere near that. And this is a dilemma for the country 
relative to, again, other economies in the world. So if you look at any major economies, uh, Europe is a particularly good example. If you are any of the European countries, Central European countries, if uh, you suffer outages, it is quite easy to find a neighbor who has equivalent or more capacity similar to your capabilities or, or, or bigger, and you're therefore able to wield power from them uh, and top up your own environment and life goes on seamlessly. In our case, it is not possible. If anything goes wrong with our base load, there's nobody to bail us out. So you do need to create an electricity system that balances the need for ESCOM generation to guarantee base load, while at the same time you complement that base load with other forms of uh, independent power producing uh, capabilities. Mm. And, and 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 related to that, you know, if we look at uh, at uh, the the whole conversation about our energy mix going forward, particularly in you know in the context of. Uh, uh, our, our, you know, the, the need for us to attend to our obligations uh, in, in terms of uh, climate change. Uh, where, where would you see ESCOM uh, fitting in in a future energy dispensation in South Africa? So, firstly, that question will always be guided by government policy because remember, the government of South Africa is a hundred percent shareholder at ESCOM. So, the Department of Public Enterprises which is the shareholder department and ministry, will always be our first port of call in terms of uh, uh, deriving directives that uh, indicate to us how best to lead the utility. The natural response from me is that you again need to be practical uh, in terms of looking the makeout of South Africa. If you look at the Northern Cape, you could easily call the Northern Cape the solar capital of South Africa. It is capable of producing incredibly high amounts of uh, renewable energy. And I think we should leverage that to its fullest uh, potential. Um, If you look at Kuberk in Cape Town, it gives solid track record that South Africa is capable of managing safe nuclear power. And so we should again be looking at whether there's any other additional capacity in line with the published uh, integrated resources plan, whether the national energy plan of the country can accommodate uh, such a facility once more. If you look at the Southern Cape and the Eastern Cape, there's lots of wind. Uh, We must be practical in leveraging that to its maximum capability. The reality is then that we're going to have to fulfill our climate change reduction uh, commitments in line with what the country is capable of uh, delivering, given uh, where we are with uh, coal. The other thing is that the quality of our coal in South Africa is, is such that it is low in sulfur content. And so the coal mining uh, companies in South Africa that supply ESCOM have a duty to ensure that they don't shortchange us uh, by exporting the high-quality coal elsewhere in the world and giving us uh, 
crumbs of the best of the cold. So it's important that that is maintained at the highest level of coal quality. Uh, most importantly, it should be supplied at a cost competitive, uh, you know, per ton, because um, the if if the cost per ton is high, it, it just simply means our cost inputs of producing electricity get inflated. So we need to constantly be mindful of that. Yeah. So th- there's an opportunity in the market really for innovators to look at how we continue to attempt to make our coal green. Uh, in the past, when I was involved with ESCOM, we uh, had a, a, a pilot project with underground coal gasification, where we found a way of extracting the CO2 back into the ground and burning the coal uh, with minimum CO2. At that time, that technology was incredibly expensive, so it could not be upscaled. And so to the extent that those types of technologies, as they become more affordable, they should be looked at because uh, that is the best way that we can have a green coal economy um, and at the same time make meaningful contribution to reducing the CO2 emissions in South Africa. Mm. You you alluded to to the need for your suppliers uh, to 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 give you a high quality coal has has have there been challenges because I saw somewhere uh, that, that that there was a a a hint that there was a challenge with the quality of coal uh, being supplied to 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 Eskom. I would like to have the benefit of uh, a proper briefing as we are onboarding as you know today stay uh, day six more or less uh, since our appointment. And so um, my intuition tells me that we will have to review, if, if I look at the ESCOM uh, numbers in terms of its income statement and balance sheet, I get a sense the coal costs need to be engaged mm. with. And, and just, just from, from where you're sitting, and I know that you are, you are you, you, in, in a sense, you are a privileged person, that you are new at ESCOM, but you've been, you know, at ESCOM before, uh, kind of. Uh, the, what, what would you say are the, are the key challenges facing the entity right now? The key challenges uh, are in line with the mandate that we've been given. Firstly, the mandate is to set the tone at the top. The tone of governance needs to be uh, set firmly on clean, healthy governance. The tone at the top needs to be set very clearly in terms of a winning culture. So, as you say, I have the benefit of having some institutional memory. So part of the institutional memory I bring along into this responsibility is that I remember that in 2001, ESCOM was the global power utility of the year. And we were global power utility of the year because we had high energy availability factor in line with global norms of averaging 86%. The country had high access in terms of percentage of population with access to electricity. The country also, through ESCOM, was ranked uh, in the top. So, for instance, uh, in nuclear, Quebec was always ranked among the top three uh, you know, nuclear utilities in the world. ESCOM itself at the time was number 10 in the world. And so we need to dust off those indicators and look at what it would take for us to start working back, clawing back 
that legacy. Um, and so that's the, the other thing. But the key thing is that you will achieve all this if you've got winning teams. Uh, you know, the, the, there's a, a business leader uh, who over the years uh, used in the 50s was renowned to say people with the best people win. And so we have to appreciate that high performance cultures come when your people are high performance driven. It's not numbers, it's not spreadsheets, it's not uh, all manner of technologies that are going to do that, it's people. And therefore we have to rekindle the passion among ESCOM people, the all 40,000 of them, to ensure that wherever they are in whatever aspect of the organization, they do so from a high performance, from a high passion point of view. And so uh, that would be another key priority. Of course, on the technical side, we have to go back to those indicators as I said, look at the technical maintenance, look at all the, the disciplines around regular plant maintenance that ensured that uh, those many years ago we had high energy availability factor. And so all these things working together require a board and an executive team that work well together, that embrace the highest uh, ethics, and most importantly in the organization, an organization that itself embraces solid values. So there's going to be a lot of hard work done in that sphere. Lastly, we are going to need as a board, although we will be setting the tone at the top, but that tone at the top will also have to have an element of ground up where we're going to be going from power station to power station uh, within a defined schedule where we're constantly meeting people on the ground where we're constantly looking and uh, taking a good look at the morale of people on the ground rather than sitting at a helicopter view in Megawatt Park and hoping that we can inspire people to do things differently. Mm. The, 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 one of the, of the issues you know, that, that have been uh, challenging ESCOM for a while has, has been its impaired ability to collect revenues due to it. Uh, you know, whether by residents or businesses, even or municipalities, would you foresee a situation where that that problem is addressed? You know, given that if you look at a, a township like Soweto, for example, if you had to just go in there and cut off everybody, there there, there might be uh, uh, complications. You know, in terms of the, the you know the 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 consequences thereof in terms of unrest, etc. But also in in terms of municipalities, you know, where say Escom has gone in and and say frozen. The, the accounts of a particular municipality uh, that impacts uh, the users, whether they are business or, or or residents, even if they are paying. You know, how how do we get around the challenge? Would you say M- municipal debt is huge? Municipal debt is a matter of big concern, but municipal te- debt has to be dealt with in tandem with the challenges that the average power station faces. So the hosting community at power stations have to revisit their orientation towards ESCOM and appreciate that they are hosts uh, hosting very important assets uh, in terms of the ESCOM fleet that South Africa depends on for economic growth, for economic recovery. And so we're going to have to have uh, social engagements through various key stakeholders to ensure that we rekindle the community's uh, positive relationships 
with the power stations. And similarly, at the municipal level, it is untenable to have such huge municipal debt uh, owed to ESCOM. Uh, communities in those municipalities will have to be engaged with quite thoroughly in terms of how we together move out of that debt situation. We do understand that the, we're in a climate of poverty in some of those instances. We also understand that in some instances there has been lots of devastation by the pandemic, but we're going to have to look past all that and look at simply what is it that we together uh, can do to help this economy, this country recover. Uh, we, we run the risk of being our own worst enemies in bringing our own country down. And the, the challenge now is that we must all rise and let South Africa rise. Mm. Your, your ideal ESCOM as a public entity, what, what would it look like? My ideal ESCOM is uh, an ESCOM where 40,000 people uh, cherish their jobs, are cherished by their country. Uh, remember that if you take the 40,000 on a scale of 1 to 10, 40,000 people influence 400,000 people. 400,000 people who in turn influence 4 million, who in turn influence 40 million. And so in turn, these 40,000 people on a healthy ratio can actually influence the entire country. And so, you know, I'm sure you and I and many other South Africans have a relative who knows a relative who works at ESCOM. And so we need to appreciate that in our communities, in our families, and in the corridors of ESCOM, we need to keep these 40,000 people happy. You know, bashing them, battering them is not helping anybody. So firstly, I envisage an ESCOM people that wear their ESCOM uh, t-shirt with pride, if, if one can use such an analogy. Secondly, um, I envisage an ESCOM that will appreciate that it is a value creator that will identify the key value drivers. I'm talking about maximizing shareholder value and ensure that it's got a robust income statement, a robust uh, balance sheet that uh, can be leveraged and reduce the huge debt, this uh, huge, huge debt that ESCOM is carrying currently on its balance sheet. Some legitimately because we are in a build phase but some due to just piled up uh, responsibilities that shouldn't have been piled up onto the balance sheet. So we, we, we need to have it uh, up on its feet financially. Remember that the ESCOM of the past, the, if I look back to 2001 up to perhaps 2010, was an ESCOM that had uh, high credit ratings, that had high sovereign uh, ratings. Uh, in fact, before 2010, there were instances where ESCOM had a higher credit rating than the sovereign. Uh, so you could actually have the sovereign could send ESCOM to go and borrow money and come back cheaply. But I'm not saying it happened, but I'm just saying uh, that's how good the rating was. So we need an ESCOM that is uh, healthily interwoven with all the lenders, with all these bondholders that uh, ESCOM is indebted to, uh, and being able and capable to service those debts. Linked to that is the need for a country that creates an enabling environment for ESCOM to thrive, uh, a, a dynamic regulatory framework that allows uh, a generation income revenue model that is not just tariff dependent, 
Uh, and so we need to figure out a way as the board and the executives. And these are very long-term issues that I'm dealing with now. But in the short, short term, um, an ESCOM that is capable to supply electricity within healthy energy availability factors. Uh, the, the, the leader of our nation has uh, posed the challenge to ESCOM to strive towards uh, average 75% energy availability factor. And so given the low base we're at, that's the challenge we're faced with to keep the lights on. And so that's another challenge that we'll be grappling with as a board. I also aspire for an ESCOM that's got uh, executives of envy. The ESCOM that we spoke about earlier that used to be the jewel in the crown was seen to be the home of A-League performers in terms of talent. Um, you know, if anybody had the name ESCOM on their CV, it was a, a brand of pride. And so that ESCOM that is employer of choice to top-notch talent is also an ESCOM that we should be aspiring to. Mm. Now, just on another matter, you know, relating in particular to the problems of load shedding that we've been we, we, we've been grappling with, uh, do you think that the communication could have been better? Because well, part of the frustration in in dealing with load shedding uh, is is that uh, you, you never quite know where you are at. In, in other words, you can wake up in the morning, you're at, at uh, stage two. Uh, by lunchtime, you could be on another level, you know, kind of thing. So, so it, 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 it makes it very difficult to, to, to plan, you know. And, and, you know, one gets the feeling that you don't quite know how far you are from the bottom, you know, in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. Um, could, could the communication have been handled better, differently going forward? I, is this is it something you're going to be uh, discussing with the, with, with, the, with, with the managers and with the board? Yeah, the communication is an ongoing improvement pro- process. So I think there's an opportunity for seasoned editors like yourselves to sit together with uh, our spokesperson, Sikonati Manchancha. Uh, he does an interesting thing that I only discovered once I got reconnected with ESCOM. Um, on his Twitter page, every morning at nine o'clock, he publishes a table that answers that question that you've just raised, that shows how much capacity is available, what are the likelihood of that capacity being compromised, because that table that he shares on Twitter comes off the dashboards uh, that ESCOM uses to brief executives internally. Uh, and I think he can uh, do well. I think he does it uh, in the afternoon also. So in the peak hours of morning, afternoon, he publishes that table. Um, I think if he could do some semblance of a seminar or something to enable all the communicators that communicate on ESCOM or newspaper editors to figure out how to interpret that table, actually you will all be in a better position to communicate uh, more uh, credibly on the state of the grid. And certainly as we engage with uh, such a communications forum, we can also from our side learn from that feedback in terms of what we should be improving. But actually he's doing it already on his Twitter page using yeah. his Twitter handle. It's just that maybe it's a bit of a hidden tool. So maybe if, if I can, as I say on this platform, uh, if all communicators were to follow him in the morning and evening, they will see that he publishes such a table. Okay, and and just in in terms of uh, the you know the the partnerships 
uh, you, you alluded to partnerships in a slightly different context, but they, can ESCOM fix itself out of its troubles working by itself? Or should actually uh, it invite more participation and support um, from the private sector in terms of addressing the current uh, power problems? You've just put your finger on a very important principle and word, keyword. For us to come out of this, we need a, a national partnership framework. Uh, we need a partnership that says, uh, because, you know, firstly, I must thank South Africans that uh, uh, that have got access to me in terms of my number or my email or whatever. Uh, I've been getting all manner of positive messages of goodwill, ranging from we are praying for you <laughs> right through to we're behind you, uh, right through to we're a phone call away if you need help. So you've put a, a finger on it that if I look at the debt management, uh, there's going to be a need for a few round tables with key th- uh, thought leaders in the country and brains trust that understand uh, equity and balance sheet management to give us some pearls of wisdom on how to uh, re-gear our balance sheet. If I look at uh, the issues you've raised about theft and damages, there's a need for a almost like a security cluster partnership um, you know, that we figure out a way of uh, raising alarm bells before people go and do damage uh, to any of the ESCOM uh, facilities so that we don't cause, don't suffer disruption. Uh, I spoke a lot about people, but also organized labor within and outside ESCOM. It is important that we realize that uh, a thriving ESCOM will be the best way that workers can harvest sustainable jobs, sustainable rewards, but a fledgling ESCOM will not do good for anybody. And in fact, is going to cause more harm to sustainable employment. Uh, so there's going to be a need to define all those myriads and multi-sector uh, partnerships uh, that straddle across business, civil society, labor, communities, you name it, so that together we can really pull out once and for all, pull out ESCOM out of uh, its challenging situation. Mm-hmm. The, the board has changed at ESCOM, but not the management. What, what, what should be happening? Is the management going to stay in place or might we see changes on that front? In any organization, public or private sector, executives have longer tenure than boards. And so executives uh, live or fall on their swords based on their performance. And so performance management is what we're going to be driven by. Fair to, to jump the gun now and just uh, start making, uh, you know, unsubstantiated uh, uh, pronouncements on whether person X, person Y, person Z should be staying in their job or not would not be responsible for us as a board. We, we will get in, engage, uh, understand who's capable of doing what, understand who's delivering what sorts of value and respond accordingly uh, where consequence management is needed, then we'll apply consequence management. Where celebration of that performance is required, then we'll celebrate it accordingly.
Mm. And of course, that, that presumably that includes uh, the CEO. And I mean, you, you, you probably more than anyone else, you know, would be aware of, of, of the, of the position that he's in. Everyone is discussing his role all the time, especially once the situation worsens, you know, he becomes almost like the face of ESCOM, uh, as he should be, yeah. you know, but that, that would include him, you know, I take it. It includes any executive, uh, <clears throat> but you know, in the township, we have a cliche of say, don't play the man, play the ball. Uh, so similarly here, le- let's assess objectively the rules of the game. Let's assess the game objectively and not be nitpicking on the man. Okay, all right. The, the, you you have you are a an executive. Uh, and and board member, you know, of longstanding in many different sectors, um, but the, this particular role is probably the most political. And I, I just wanted to ask you, how how do you deal uh, with the kind of political baggage, if you like, that comes with this role? Because everyone seems to think that they are your boss, basically. <laughs> Yes. Look, I think principled leadership is key uh, in these responsibilities. Um, accountable leadership is also key. Generally, I find in my in my little experience of fifty two years uh, of life, if you openly account on what you're doing, people tend to be a little bit more understanding, a little bit more supportive. But if they think you're hiding things from them. Uh, and if you go in there and start playing politics instead of doing your job, my sense is then you find yourself in trouble. So I hope we will be given space to be uh, a group of consummate, uh, a collective of consummate professionals that are doing the job we've been assigned to by a shareholder and that at regular intervals we are allowed to revert back to the nation with uh, updates on where we are, what we're achieving, what we're struggling with, and what support we need. Okay. And just, just before we, we wrap up, uh, say we, uh, the, the public, you know, I said earlier that everyone, you know, believes that they are, they are your boss. Um, how should we judge your performance? You know, understanding that you're dealing with a long-standing problem at ESCOM, uh, but how do we, what, what would be the milestones, would you say? That that, that that would assist us to rationally look at, you know, judge whether there is progress or not. I imagine uh, that quarterly we will be able to release updates. Uh, those updates will show a number of uh, performance indicators that we're driving. And it will show what the target is and what the shortfall is. Uh, generally, that's how you measure a board and its management. So... We don't have a share price against which you can uh, manage us like in the private sector, but perhaps we'll create a set of indicators that give an average uh, percentage indication of performance, and that's what should drive uh, the, 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 the assessment. Remember, though, that unlike your average organization, electricity utilities all over the world uh, work on 20-year horizons. Now, in this country, we review our boards every three years. But uh, if if I look at uh, some of the utilities elsewhere in the world, they've got boards that have been in office for 10, 20 years, of course, based on good performance. So we're going to have to balance the need to deliver the here and now and the fact that we need to constantly be looking at the long-term sustainability 
of the utility. So my sense is we will settle in, we will go through a board strategy session soon with the executive team, out of which we'll then be in a position to say, these are our quarter to quarter performance indicators. These are our annual performance indicators, and then we can be judged against uh, performance against those. Okay. Well, that, that's all the time we have on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly for this week. And we'd like to thank our special guest this time, Dajempo uh, Makwana, who's the new ESCOM board chairperson. We really appreciate your time, sir. Uh, my name is Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and let's do good for our country. Mm-hmm.